What is up, everybody? Welcome to the season two premiere of the Panthers Nation podcast, a part of the Panthers Nation Network. Now, guys, I know we took a little bit of a break, and a lot happened within that break. So we're going to skip the formalities and get right to it. Shantice, I'm going to start with you. Talk a little bit, obviously, but the biggest thing that had happened, and you covered it a little bit, Sam Darnold. I still don't know what to think, so I'm going I'm to hear everybody else's responses first, and then I'm going to put in my two cents. It's crazy because, you know, me and Tyler, when we talked to Jared a few weeks ago, we talked about Sam Darnold being a possibility to come to Carolina and what that would mean. And at first, I was high on it. Kadeem was kind of low on it. Then I had to kind of settle on the fact that, look, he is young. He still has a lot of room to grow. I, even though youth doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that you'll get better because some guys are kind of they are the way they are. But there, there is some hope with this deal. I mean, we didn't give up a whole lot. We gave up a six round pick this year, a second and a fourth next year. And if you got the quarterback of the future, that's not a big haul to give up. If, if you have your guy. But there's still a lot of question marks like go, going along with Sam Darnold. I mean, he will have better weapons, but will we will we be able to give him the protection he needs? Because that's been, that been his issues in New York. He was one of the most, one of the most banged up quarterbacks in, 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 the, in, the, during, in the league during his three-year span in New York. So if we can't protect him, we will not be doing him any better any better than, than he was in New York. But overall, I'm I'm – I mean, I'm still in between on the deal itself. I mean, it's kind of it has to be proven on the field. I don't really have a, I don't, it's not really a plus or a negative right now. It all has to be proven on the field, which I think, eh, it's still up in the air. Now, Tyler, I mean, the what we gave up for him, Shantisha talked about it, and the fact that he was still still part, it's still on that rookie deal. Does it what we gave up for him? You know, the lack of what we gave up for him. That's how much they were willing to take. Does that scare you a little bit? They were just trying to dump him off, or do you think it was you know kind of a even even trade for a little bit there? Yeah, I mean they're um, you know they're in position to take Zach Wilson at two and kind of restart this thing. So it seems like that's what they're gonna do. And um, this was about the asking price uh, a couple of years ago. Josh Rosen, when he was still um, seen as you know ha- having potential, the Cardinals uh, dumped him off to Miami for um, a second and a fifth. So it's about the same. And um, so you know for me, it's uh, you know I think the trade is a good dice roll for us. Um, when, uh, Shantice and I were on the podcast with Jared, um, you know, I made it very clear that I, I've never been a big Sam Darnold guy. Um, even though I do root for uh, USC here and there, um, I am a big Sam Darnold guy. I was not a big Sam Darnold guy. Um, I think he had a lot to work on. He was a big traits guy and he, it could work out, but it really hasn't worked out. And I know a lot of people want to talk about, you know, the Jets team being, you know, depleted with talent. And that team was terrible that he, when he was there, he got banged up. He was injured. Um, Coaching staff didn't help, but you can, you know, on film, you can isolate his play from the, from all that that's going on. And he still wasn't amazing. Um, You could see the talent was there and the flashes are definitely there. And for just a six this year, and then, you know, you know, the two and the four, are, you know, there's the bulk of the, what we gave up, but that's also next year, which kind of helps because the NFL sees those later picks as a little bit less valued. So we can still pick in this draft and still do whatever we need to this year. But um, I think something that kind of helps and helps me feel better about the trade is after San Fran moved up to three and we're sitting at eight, the Falcons are at four and we're not going to be able to trade with the Falcons. So we really aren't going to be able to control this quarterback market in this draft. And we're going to have no leverage to move up. And we're going to have to get lucky if we were going to draft a quarterback. So we knew we weren't going to have Teddy this year. So I think locking in Darnold early before another team did um, was probably smart because I don't think we can move up for a quarterback. And three are already going to be gone at least before our pick. 
Now, Tyler, real quick, you talked about, you know, you've, you're following of USC a little bit at USC, his turnover differential, not the greatest. He, he was a pretty, he was a turnover machine for a little bit there. Do you I mean, has he, have you seen him grow better over the time with New York? Do you think, you know, Gase kind of halted any of his progression? How do you think Brady will kind of help him do? Yeah, it's tough because he, you know, like I said, he was just so injured and didn't have a lot of weapons. And um, once that offensive line started to come together um, for a couple games at a time, you know, Mackay Becton, um, you could see, see the flashes and the arm talent is there and the ex- extending plays outside of the pocket is just is awesome. And the athleticism is probably underrated. Um, but like, you know, coming into a good situation, this is already the best offense he's played in by far. Um, hopefully we can build up the offensive line. But um you know, I think he's in a good spot to excel, and he's on a short leash. That's for sure. As, especially, you know, the seeing uh, Dave Tepper. Um, I don't think he's as patient as uh, we were thinking, and he's ready to get Teddy out of here after that two-year deal. Which we thought we, you know, when we signed Teddy, we thought he was coming in, and uh, we were gonna, you know, let let him ride it out until we get our guy in the draft. But um, you know, Tepper's pivoting from that pretty quickly, so um, I'm not afraid to say he'll do the same with Darnold if it doesn't work out. And another cool aspect of this is. Um, you know, we we're all we we uh, we talk of a lot about Joe Brady on here, and I, we can at least agree probably that he's a solid offensive coordinator, and we're glad to have him, even def- despite some of his efficient deficiencies. And um, and um, so if if Brady can turn this around with Darnold, if he can make Darnold look like a franchise quarterback, um, he's going to be gone. He's going to get a head coaching job like that because uh, you turn Darnold in from. Uh, you know, that in New York to a good quarterback and, you know, and we're sitting nice because we got a quarterback for a second round pick. So, you know, that's the best case scenario and uh, hopefully it can happen. Now, what I see when I think of him and when I see him and think of the potential maybe there, part of me seems to think a little bit like if I'm thinking of what he could be or what I've seen flashes of the way that he plays and his pocket presence and his just his overall quarterback style. I draw flashes of either kind of one similar sides of the spectrum, but almost same outcomes, except for one still in. I see either kind of like a Ryan Tannehill in terms of the playing ability, in terms of if he locks down the turnover problem that he might have in the injury problem, that's what he can be for the Panthers. I also see on the other side of that, that's still similar, but a little bit different is Sam Bradford, where he got, he works for a little bit and works in that system, but still can only get you so far. I think Daniel's on the different side of that, where he's playing to that. Jeff, I want to hear your opinions on Sam Darnold and what you think that, he, you know, the ceiling can be for him or what the floor can be for him. Hopefully the ceiling's a lot more than what we're thinking. Um, and, 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 I, and you brought up a good point, and I'm going to go on that real quick. Remember who he had when he was with the Jets, Adam Gase. Remember who Ryan Tannehill played for in Miami? Adam Gase. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill left and went to Tennessee with a great offense. I will say great offense if that's okay. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. You know, and, and look at what, what he did, you know, when he moved. to A change of scenery is always good. So I think, you know, it's, you know, it's a fresh start for him. Um, I, I'm concerned. So I think that'll get rid of Adam Gase. I think that's number one. We, we see what Ryan Tannehill did. My concern is, um, and I don't even know where to go with it. The turnover scare me. He had his worst year last year. I mean, he had nine TDs, 11 interceptions, and threw for 2,200 yards. It was his worst season. Um, but with that being said, who was he? I mean, he didn't have much of an offense. Let's be real. Um, and that team was a disaster. So, you know, if he's as good as people think he can be, and listen, he, you know, he was drafted, you know, what was he drafted? Number two? Yeah, huh? Three. Yep. Okay. So he's not three. So obviously, 
it's there. And, and we see what he did at USC, even though we had some issues. So I think, you know, given the offense, that's great. I, I, I want to say this too. Um, I, I mean, are we all under the assumption that he's going to be the starter? Number one. Number two, is Teddy Bridgewater gone? So number three, number three let me just say this too. Um, and, and it and boils down. Could Teddy Bridgewater be a, a, a draft day trade? Um, and if that were to occur, then do we still draft a quarterback? I, I, what bothers me is I don't think Sam Darnold is your um, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, that type of deal. But – and I'm, I'm going to go back to Ryan Tannehill, and I apologize for that. You guys know I love Ryan or whatever. But the gist has become – look at what Ryan Tannehill has become in the right situation. So if this is the right situation and he has the weapons and he's back with Robbie Anderson and he's got Chris McK- he's got all of that and he's got Joe Brady – I think the sky's the limit. That is what we are hoping. And I think, you know, they have pulled the trigger. The Panthers saying, this is our guy for the future. Unless they do something on draft day, they're saying Sam Darnold is the guy who's going to take us to the next level. So as a Panther fan, you've got to hope the ceiling is the playoffs and a championship. So I'll try to, I'll try to keep this brief. Y'all know I don't like talking that much. But what I'll say to it is that, first off, I mean – I remember because I was I was out hiking and I and of course the bowels of West Virginia is what I was doing and then and Jeff actually called me and said did you see what happened and I was like no what happened and then he tells me what's going on and I'm like we we did what I think the initial shock of it like I I couldn't even look at it as an trying to analyze the move or try to analyze what he would think of it just like in every every mock picture I saw you know every like jersey swap I saw it just looked so weird and and so. Part of me is going to be like, I can't actually make a decision on this or an opinion on this until I actually see him play. Like week one, I don't want to say like, I know, like you know how we say week one, we know how the season's going to go. Within the first drive, you know how the game's going to go. I don't think it's going to be quite like that, but I think that'll give me at least a little bit of inkling. I think what it really boils down to is you. we will be able to see the direction this team wants to go and how much their dedication is on that eighth pick and what they do with it. Because in the and free agency, which we'll get to in a second, it's been very defense heavy. It's been very, I mean, they've gotten a couple so-so, you know, bargain bin offensive linemen and, you know, I mean, David Moore, which you can take it or leave it either. I mean, we'll talk, like I said, we'll get back to that in a second, but I mean, it depends on, I think what they do at that eighth pick. I'm hoping they honestly, at this point go best available. As long as that, you know, if it's, if it's, you know, Sewell, which no way, or like Pitts or just whoever can be, or, or Chase, like whoever can be at that spot might be what we want to go for. Even if it's a linebacker, if it's offense, whatever. Part of me, the old Gettleman and the old Panthers or even Herney would have more than likely gone with a quarterback still <laughs> and just taken the quarterback at that eight spot if one was available. I, I trust, I don't trust Federer, but I be, at least believe in Federer a bit more. Obviously, I have nothing to trust him on. I think this is going to be huge for a lot of reasons because I think what is going to happen this year is you're going to see, I think you're going to see Robbie become the number one this year. You already have that built-in chemistry and you already have, I mean, the way that you could see, I mean, it didn't come up all the time, but you at least have, you know, Donald's going to be looking for that kind of lockdown guy, whether it's McCaffrey or whether it's, and we're, we might want to be more conservative with McCaffrey this year because of what happened last season. So I think Robbie's going to be able to come into fruition a bit more. And I think you might see if we're smart about it, I think we should do it. I think you might see DJ, do a little bit more of those out of the backfield plays like we saw Curtis do because those obviously worked from time to time. And I, and DJ and Curtis both have the same, you know, kind of foot ability to be able to make that play work. So I think that might be – you see a little bit of a culture change, which taking DJ away from the number one spot, which I don't think is a bad thing per se. But also what I do like to see is that this is something we've missed since Cam, you know, since 2017 is the deep balls. 
and the deep passes because with Robbie and DJ, we know that's a thing. Teddy, who we thought could air it out, really couldn't. And that's what, you know, in some of these quarterbacks that I've seen out of coming out of the draft, we weren't gonna we weren't gonna be able to get that from anybody, you know, at least in the way we could get it from Darnold. We've seen his arm. I mean, with Mac, you saw it as pro day, which didn't impress me that much. You know, some of those balls while they were going deep, they were dead ducks in the air if it went, you know, after it went 30, 40 yards. So I think it's gonna be really interesting to see how it all goes. And I hate it because I always for the longest time knew what the Panthers – like I had an idea of what the Panthers were going to be. Most seasons it was like right, we're going to go 11-5. and five. It never actually happened for the most part, one or the other. But I was like, okay, here's the games I know we can win. Here's the games I think we're going to lose. Now I have no idea what like what our team is going to be, what, our, what we're going to do. Like you look at the – I mean we've almost flipped the script for the most part when it came to free agency. If you look at all the moves we made, whether it was cuts or additions, I mean I, I'm optimistic because I have to be. But – I think with, and so the thing that scares me is that we didn't, they didn't want either they didn't want Teddy or we didn't offer Teddy up. That was interesting. I don't know. I guess the Jets just know they're going to, they don't need a backup. They're just going to go straight with the draft. And it seems that everybody else in the NFL is aware that Teddy is a backup quarterback and we, we just weren't. So that, that leads my, some questions to the front office. Of course, it was still Herney at the time. Um, but that was a bit concerning. And so I really don't know what we're going to do with Teddy. I think Jeff, you probably have a more accurate description if it's, if we want to try to trade up in the draft, I don't know if Teddy's going to sweeten any of the deals for any of those teams that sit up there, except for maybe, maybe the Falcons, if they're still trying to go with Matt Ryan and they want to back up, you know, or if, if Texans want to back up to Tyrod Taylor, like, I don't really know what they might want. That's the only reason I can see Teddy sweetening the deal for anybody. But, um, you know, here's, can I say something real quick? Here's an, yeah, interesting, no, yeah. here's an interesting thing. And you guys just roll with me here. Cause I'm thinking way outside the box. As per usual. It's been very interesting that there has been really no talk about Sam Darnold here in Charlotte. No interviews. There hasn't been a lot of newspaper articles, um, which you figure there might be a little more like. So big picture, crazy picture. Do they possibly cut Teddy? And do they use Sam Darnold on draft day as a now, now that, that I mean, if one of those quarterbacks is still available and we really want one of those, do we take somebody like Sam Darnold and go, hey, we signed you, bye, we're going to send you to wherever. And, and I know that's way outside the box, but it, it hit me today. Is that too outside the box to think? I mean, what bothers me is we haven't heard anything here in Charlotte. Not on talk radio. They haven't had him on a talk radio show. They haven't. Like, it's just, you know what I'm getting at? I mean, if he's your future quarterback, he hasn't even, I don't even know if he's been to Charlotte yet. Well, you know, I think a lot of the issue is that nobody we we don't have any true feeling of what the direction is. Cause I mean, think about last year, how they how they presented Teddy. They presented Teddy as you know, and, and we we knew he was a bridge quarterback, but they presented Teddy as this may be the future guy for the next right. couple of years. Yeah. yeah. That went out the window quickly. I think now that everybody's in trepidation with going all in on being on being, you know, it, it, everybody's being a little, you know, intentive about embracing Sam because we really have no idea. Tepper is is liable to flip this entire thing on, on, on its head. And look, and if if there's a quarterback available, depending on the guy, like if it's if you're telling me Trey Lance is available at eight, you go Trey Lance at eight. Yeah. If it's Justin Fields at eight, you go Justin Fields at eight. And you just gotta and, and you just have to deal with the fact that you had a very loaded quarterback room and just deal with the fact you got a bad contract in that quarterback room with Teddy Bridgewater. You, you you just traded for a guy that could possibly be your future, but you know he's on a short leash, and you have a and you have a young guy that's going to be trying to learn, while pretty much pretty much 
you know, squandering his rookie season, he won't. He probably won't see the field. So I mean, I, you know, look, trade Sam Darnold wouldn't be outside too outside the box for this current front office because we really just we haven't really been able to track their moves. Like we don't really know the direction that they're trying to move in. Like, I, and I honestly don't think at times they know what their direction is. I think there's a lot of gambling going on because you look at it, and since Cam has let, and then when since the new direction of the team has gone, like we, while Tepper is a businessman, I think he is sometimes quick to make some of these moves before thinking through all of it because you've seen, like with Teddy, we had a, a thought process. We were optimistic about what he was going to be, not what we thought it was going to be. And I, the, I think the reason maybe they wanted to go with they wanted to go with you know a quarterback and they wanted to get their guy, but there's a lot of uncertainties. Like, but Darnold, like in the free in draft, there's always free, you know uncertainties in the draft. What you're, you know, how good this talent's going to become in the NFL. But then if you look at Darnold too, I mean, like Jeff was saying, he had his worst season last year. He's been banged up for a while. You don't really know what you're going to be getting. And we've done that in the past with guys like Eli Apple, or we've done that in the past with guys, you know, that we just kind of take and th- even in the draft before, you know, Herney left, it was little. And we were just hoping that little, you know, even all those injuries, we could look past it. It seems like they they look at these guys and go, this is what they can be. And they don't look at it as this is who they are right now. And they take a a couple, because like that's what Darnold could be. And the problem is with Deshaun Watson. That was the first time they're looking at someone that we knew what we were going to get out of him. We had seen it. And then all hell breaks loose. And now we don't even know if this guy is, you know, the same guy who's building houses for Habitat for Humanity. Like we don't know who he is right now. So I think that on like, they're just really quick to either like, not look deep enough into the, what it actually is and just go, this is what he can be. And they're too quick to look at that ceiling. And I think that's where Sam Darnold comes in because at, at the same time, while they were trying to look for some stability and some provenness, I mean, that's not really what you're getting from this dude. If you wanted stability and provenness, I guess you would have gone after maybe, and I, that's probably why we made a deal for Matt Stafford. Thank God it didn't happen, but that's probably why we were even involved in that deal to begin with because they wanted some sense of, we know what we're going to get from this guy. We don't know what we're going to get from golf. We don't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so I wouldn't be shocked if we did do something to trade Darnold because they're quick to gamble. They're quick to make some of these moves. This offense, you know, this is the same thing with Russell Okung. That, like, that's why we picked him up is because we went, all right, cool. He can be this. He's old, but he can be this. And maybe that's some way, maybe why we didn't make a, you know, a move for Richard Sherman. Why we didn't, we'll talk about it in a second. We made a move for AJ Bowie, but there's, again, uncertainty with him too. Like, they've been – fairly reserve or reasonable in this free agency, but they've also still made some of those gambles. And so I just think it's, I don't even think they know what Tyler, it what, is they're trying to make. Tyler, what do you think? Am I, am I crazy in thinking that they could pull the Sam Darnold trade? I mean, I think, I think I've seen crazier things than that. Um, I think that, that sounds like um, if in my Madden franchise, something, something <laughs> I would like to do, but it makes <laughs> sense to some extent. I don't think it's, I don't think it's completely crazy in this scenario. It's very, I mean, it's very small chance it happens. I think we agree on that. Like Sean Tease brought up, if the board falls a different way than we think, and all of a sudden we have um, a guy, one of our guys at quarterback on the board, which to me, this trade makes me think that of the five quarterbacks that are being talked about, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, uh, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance, a couple of those guys are like not on the Panthers board and they will not draft them in, in the top, in the first round. Yeah. And so there's not as much flexibility. So is that to say that if Trey Lance is there, they're definitely going to take him? I don't know because we might not be, they might not like Trey Lance as much as us. Um, so, but if that happens and one, one of their guys, the high grade on a guy, um, you can't pass on that. Even if you, you already gave up these assets for Darnold. And I think it also helps that, you only gave up one pick this year, so you have more flexibility with uh, moving him. Again, I don't. I think it's very small, small chance it happens. And then going back to Teddy, 
Um, I think he's going to get cut. Um, I don't think anybody's going to trade for him. Uh, there was a report that like some teams um, were wanting to trade for him and stuff to be a backup, but I don't, I don't think teams are going to want to take on that contract. And I don't think we're going to be able to find a suitor, uh, especially in the draft as teams are starting to figure their quarterback situations out. Um, I think, it, and he, we're not going to be able to keep him with Arnold. And yeah, I think, you know, I think he's getting frustrated also. So um, I think Teddy will be cut. Yeah, especially and, looking at like oh, I was especially looking at the Panthers are scheduled to pay. Thanks to Ian for showing us this. Panthers are scheduled to pay forty-one million in twenty twenty two to Teddy Bridgewater, and then uh, twenty-two million. Um, uh, there are twenty-two million, and then Sam Darnold a nineteen million dollar fifth year option. While the Chiefs will pay Patrick Mahomes the same forty-one million dollars in twenty twenty-two. Of course, got a much bigger deal, but yeah. And uh, and this is the you know it, it, this is one thing when, when Tyler just brought up about um you know about us trying to get, deal away Teddy Bridgewater. This is the second year where they've messed up any of their leverage with with, with their quarterback situation. Like you signed, you went out and you jumped the gun. You signed Teddy as early as you did to big of a contract as you did, and then try to still deal Cam. It's too late. It's it's it's, it's too late now. And right? like, you know, well, like never me- into a businessman. Have you not negotiated deals before and try to keep up leverage? Well, like listen, that's where I'm confused. Listen, here's here's the rub in terms of management. You need to figure out how you're going to treat your quarterbacks because the last two you've treated like crap. They treated Cam Newton like crap. They hung this carrot in front of Teddy Bridgewater, and we all assumed this guy's going to be the guy for the next four or five years. And now all of a sudden, here's you know some, un, to me, unproven kid when you've got a veteran, and now you're kicking him. To, I mean, you got listen, you're going to get to the point where people won't want to come play for the Carolina Panthers. If you're a quarterback, why would you want to? They've treated the last two like, in my opinion, like crap, and and, no, and I, it's and it's not it's not a good look. I mean, no. what they're doing to Teddy Bridgewater is not. Uh, and granted, however he played, whatever I get it. That was first year in the system, but now they're like, you are a starter. You're the guy. You're a great guy. Same thing about Cam. You got to watch what you're doing and, yeah. and, and figure it out quick, or you're gonna you're gonna like, you know, if Sam. Let's say Sam Darnold gets traded on draft day, and they cut Teddy. What, what, I mean, what are you doing? You got to stick with somebody. The rescue. Yeah, yeah I mean, you got to stick with somebody. And and, and 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 like and like Jeff is saying, look, I know I have my issues with Teddy. I know we all had our issues with with Teddy Bridgewater's play, but we we do still understand how you have to treat quarterbacks. Like you, you can't treat quarterback like any other position. Right? And, and 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 no matter how many guys complain about, you know, a lot of guys on NFL rocks complain about how quarterbacks get treated. It's a big reason for that. If this guy's playing at a high level, man. Everybody usually elevates with you. You can't treat that guy that's supposed to be the face of, face of the franchise and the leader of the team just any type of way. And, and, like, and like Jeff said, it's looking bad. As far as the, the outlook of how Carolina looks and how they treat their quarterbacks, I wouldn't want to play for Tepper. It's, it's a very short leash. And, and like, and that's why I said, and in, 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 in the, in the, in, I can't remember when I said it, but I, I said, what what would the leash be on Sam Darnold? Is he going to have a true opportunity to have a full year and and, and a full and, and a full and a, and a full chance to be able to prove himself, or is he or will it be three bad games and you're out? 
And and the problem is the fan base is already super split at, as, a, as an, in general. You got people on Twitter that are still thinking that PJ is going to come and be our savior, and then you got people thinking because Will Greer's working out with McCaffrey that he's going to be the starter. Like you're, the quarterback yeah, situation you Will, yeah. a little while ago, like you're almost igniting like a Brown situation where you got a, list, a jersey with eighty different quarterback names on it. Because I mean, if you think about the list of starting quarterbacks we've had since Cam and have started at least an A game, it's probably it's it's now up to once Darnold starts, it'll be up to four. In yeah. since since Cam was cut and Heineke and 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 um and oh my god I can't remember his name Kyle Kyle Allen Taylor thank Allen, you Kyle Allen goodness. Heineke Greer started the game which shows okay. you how, how prominent all these actually are <laughs> no yeah and so it's almost getting up to five. And so, I mean, the quarterback position, like you said, you you live or die by it, and you also have to build around it. That's why I'm hoping with the eighth pick they do something. Either they trade up with it to try to get someone to protect him, or they just take whoever they can to compliment him. But you look at some – because, I mean, if you look at free agency, they've been incredibly defense-heavy, except for some – I mean, we've you know, picking up Denzel Perryman, that was a huge move, for the, and, and Hassan Reddick. I think that was really good to solidify some veteran presence for that linebacking core because we saw how bad that was this last year with some of the guys we had picked up. Um, you know – and then you get, I mean, you got some guys on the line, some of those bargains like we talked about, John Miller, Cameron Irving. We had talked about guys like that, um, you know, and then we cut some guys like Michael Schofield. And then we got, you know, some other guys like that. We've and obviously franchise tagging Moten was the right way to go. And then Pat, Pat Elf line, however you think of him. And then D- David Moore, like, I don't really know what to think about. I mean, these seem like bargain guys. I mean, the last thing David Moore, I think that was, you know, actually notable was catch that one touchdown pass over us a couple years back when we were playing the Seahawks back when Cam was, you know, going back and forth and ended up winning the game because freaking Corn Elder, who thank, thank the Lord is gone, who Corn Elder got mossed by him to lose that game. Some of the other notable ones, I mean, Dan Arnold, don't know what we're going to do. With, I, I, I don't know where that one came, came out of. Um, I'm going to ask Tyler a little bit about what he thinks about Arnold here in a second. And you also lost, I mean, we, we re-signed Colin Thompson. But we also did cut uh chris manhurts so you know that was a long time he went to these now on the uh, on the jags um we lost chris reed to the colts lost zach kerr to the 49ers of course we'll talk about curtis samuel going to washington as, as well as tyler larson then we got some guys staying in the division which kind of hurt mike davis going to the falcons Ugh. that one was if, if they get that going and actually right that could be pretty pretty painful and then alex arma Going to the Saints, that was kind of out of nowhere. But, I mean, we really didn't use them much anyway. But some of the picks I – I mean, some of the signings I liked, Morgan Fox, the linebackers, and, of course, A.J. Bowie. Because then Panthers were – then the social media team just continued to be top tier and go, oh, you want you want a quarterback? We've got you a cornerback. But I want to hear what you all thought about some of these moves that we've made, whether it's cuts or additions, you know, losing Kawan and Russell and cutting to here too, or just some of the additions that we've made. Uh, still a little trouble about the defensive line as far as that, as far as like just the depth. Still, I mean, I yeah, we, we signed Morgan Fox, but we still still need some interior help. I, I mean, right now, I think on the roster, we have Derek Brown, Bravion Roy, now Morgan Fox. I couldn't name the next guy after that, uh, in, in all honesty. But I mean, just still looking to, to be for that, that, that defensive line. I like what I mean. Aside, but aside from that, I like the Denzel Perry sign. Definitely upgrade over to here, Whitehead. Hassan Redding, another edge rusher to go alongside Brian Burns, helps you there. Um, AJ AJ Bouye. Uh, look, I, I'll be honest. I haven't really paid much attention to him since what really the year with really the year he had with the Jags like a, a few years ago. Him and Jalen together. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know, I know he's a. I know he's a solid. I know, I know he's a solid pickup. Still doesn't solve your cornerback issues, but you, st- you still probably need a guy like, like a, somebody you want to deem as the guy. 
in that in that secondary room, especially at the cornerback position. But again, I like what they I like they they tried to address the needs. They've done I think as good a job as they, they could do as far as financially keeping it keeping it within within a tight space. So I, was, I mean I, I'm I approve of the majority of these moves. Yeah, um, looking at it, uh, so I, I'm I have this like cumulative depth chart going, and it kind of helps me see like what are some of the biggest needs, and um, that's what they tried to do in free agency was kind of put bandages on these needs, which I, I don't have a problem with because I, you know, especially for where we're at we're at right now, I think we need to you know develop the core of our team in the most important spots through the draft and uh, build our team that way, um, especially because you know we don't have much, we but we do have a lot of young talent. And um, looking at this depth chart, uh, a couple positions as needs really stick out. Um, so before the Darnold I had, uh, trade, I had quarterback as our number one need. And as of now, that's not a need. But um, going and before the H.A. Um, Boye signing, corner was the, our biggest need by far. Uh, we didn't talk about it much, but um, we it looked like the starting three would have been Dante Jackson, which – like we, we talked about, isn't even like a solid one, and he's going to miss games. Uh, Troy Pride is what I projected him to be starting in the nickel. And then our corner on the outside was going to be a free agent signing Rashad Melvin um, until they signed A.J. Boy. And by the way, he suspended – A.J. Boy is suspended for the first two games of the season. Yeah. And, um, you know, Boy really um, excelled in when he was with Jacksonville uh, with Ramsey, and uh, he was a little bit uh, younger then. And, you know, I think he's he's regressed a lot, I feel like. And I still think corners are need. I think that's definitely a better bandage than Melvin, uh, Rashawn Melvin, who, you know, older guy who just kind of bounced around and not nothing really too exciting in there. But um, I think Boye offers some upside and another bandage, which I, I don't know about you guys, but as a Panthers fan, I'm done. I'm excited. I'm hoping someday we can just stop filling our secondary with bandages. Like, can you guys remember the last time we had a corner that was signed on a you know a contract and we could just trust them? Because I can't really. And I, for some reason, that's one of the most important positions. And we try to always, uh, you know, fill it with guys off the street. And yeah. So uh, we we've been doing that since 2015. I mean, you look at some, especially in the, in the safety position or cornerback position. I mean, we 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 went to the Super Bowl with Cortland Finnegan. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 and also at that, I mean, that if you remember 2015, it was Cortland Finnegan, it was Roman Harper, it was Charles Tillman, and then it was Josh Norman and, and Benet Ben Wickery. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna go, you know, the AJ Boye, you know, we always, you guys just talked about it, but I mean, you know, the veteran presence with a young secondary, what can he bring to the table? What can he bring to the room, <laughs> the defensive back room? We'll see. The one I'm curious to see, and I'm just going to throw this out here, as much as my oldest up there doesn't like the Seahawks, um, I think David Moore could be a very good get. And the reason I say that is this. He had 35 catches last year, six touchdowns. He averaged 12 yards a catch. And you're talking about a team that had Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, and DK Metcalf, as well as Greg Olson. Um, and I can't remember the other quarterback. I mean, the other uh, tight end. Um, well, Luke Wilson, I think, or whatever. Anyway, um, what I'm getting at is this, though. David Moore, to me, kind of has that um, that veteran presence that's going to get to the spot that can be a consistent receiver that whoever's quarterbacking <laughs> can throw to. Does that make sense? He just seems no, like that. I get that. that. 
in, in my mind, this, the, the signing becomes, in, in my mind, what the, the Panthers have actually had has been a kind of motif for Panthers offenses for a while now. Is that veteran third guy? That like your Jericho Cotri yeah. or your Tory Smith, who are the spot when the spotlights at everybody else, they go to him instead. I mean, we talk about Jericho Cotri is a big part of that Super Bowl team. Tory yeah. Smith was a big reason why we won some of those games, even you know for the short time that he had. And he ended up playing on longer than just the season he was originally signed for. So no, I mean, in, in this grand scheme of things, especially with lo- losing Curtis, you still needed that guy. Yeah. And I'm imagining they'll probably play D- David off of the slot if he still can. Yeah. Um, but if he's got that burst off of him. Listen, one one out of every six catches was a touchdown. What? Um, that's good so, stats. Now, of course, he had Russell Wilson throwing to him. Um, yes. And, yes. But, but if you think about, like you said, Jack, you got Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Here we got, you know, um, Robbie Anderson and um, and, and DJ. DJ, sorry. So you got, you know, and Christian McCaffrey. So if all those guys are out there, David Moore to me, just watch him. To me, that's the type of guy that I think could be a very um, – you didn't pay a lot for him. And just a solid signing who can help this offense take it even to another level. So jersey wise, I said jersey wise, are they both going to have? We'll have D more on the back. Can DJ have DJ more on the back? Because how are you going to distinguish between the two of them? Because there's both they're both D and then more. One um, will probably have more, and one will have D more probably. Uh, that's right. That's probably true. Um, but no, and then so going and we and I um then Shanti let you talk about some of the other ones here in a second. But going on for AJ Bowie, the upside I think there. If there is one, because I mean, he's 29 getting up there in age, but you could still have a little bit of, you know, life left in him and still be able to make some impact is the fact that he, I mean, he's never been a number one cornerback. He's never been the main guy when he was in, you know, when he was in Jacksonville, it was, it was Jalen. And when, even when he was in Denver, it was uh, Chris Harris Jr. If I'm not mistaken. And so he's never been that number one guy. We don't have a number one guy here. And so maybe, you know, the Panthers try to push the push that mentality of, you know, the keep pounding and the keep fighting to, into, into, you know, Prove yourself. This might give facilitate AJ the situation to assert himself and be like, "Look, at I've," because he. I mean, he was kind of he was a, he was a, he was a fighter back, you know, in Jacksonville. Him and they they talked a lot of smack. They played really fast and they played really, you know, hard to the ball. So he's I think still has some of that fire left in him because Denver's, you know, defensive back in core was the same kind of way. But again, you know, he wasn't the number one guy here. He has the chance to be the number one guy. I think just in terms of veteran presence, in terms of his instincts, um, you know, he's definitely still regressed a little bit. But that's just going to happen with age. Um, I was I was kind of pushing forward with Sherman. I mean, this way you still get a veteran that actually can still make you know I don't think Richard Sherman can't make impactful plays, but he still has a little bit more left in the tank, obviously. So I was I was I mean at least showed they're at least trying to put some sort of focus on cornerbacks, but it also shows they're probably not going to do anything with it in the draft that much, other than you know a couple you know depth position things. And of course, with losing uh, with losing corn. And did we lose Douglas? I can't remember if we lost Douglas. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. yeah we lost so you're, I mean, you're really, really hurting there. And the problem like is that our de- depth is going to be a huge thing this year. That's going to be one of our biggest opponents this year is just fighting injuries. I think you've got a lot of, I mean, because there's not going to be like back in 2015 when there were some injuries, we had boom, next guy up. We had the ability to fill some of those roles. Now this year, I mean, not that much. <laughs> Hey, hey, Tyler, and then not, not, and not, not really want to put you on the spot, but if we say we were to go to offensive line with the first pick at, at number eight, and we go we go defensive back in the second round, who do you think out of the cornerback group that that's that's listed? And in this cornerback group, at least for the top, I mean, it's this a it's a good about four to five guys that seem like they're they're you know they're they're ready to play right now. Who do you think will be available early in the second round? You say quarterback or corner? Corner. corner corner okay 
Yeah, um, you're right. Definitely, it, it, the corner cl class really drops off after those first couple guys, uh, Sertan, Horn. Uh, those two are at the top, and then you got. Uh, it's going to be interesting with Caleb Farley. Um, he was this considered this top corner, um, very athletic. Um, and, you know, he's a freak athlete, but he's not very polished up at the position. Like he's got a long way to go. And then he suffers this back injury again, this recurring thing. He has surgery all, all of a sudden. Now it's like nobody really knows what's going to happen with him. He's a guy that you know could easily develop into the best corner from this class and be a lockdown number one corner, no doubt. But he's got this injury and. We know nothing about it. teams. Probably feel pretty comfortable about it because there was a, um, you know, uh, there was about 150 players that went to Indianapolis uh, for a little medical checkup combine thing, and so that definitely helped him. And so um, he could potentially be a guy if he slips into round two. It if for for our with our knowledge right now, it would be a huge risk. Uh, but knowing what they know, it could be worth it if he makes it there. Uh, but more realistically, uh, Greg Newsom is a guy who probably go late first. So, you know, Tepper, <laughs> you never know. He, he's not patient. We saw him trade up for Jeremy Chin last year. Um, he could trade into the back of the first uh, for Newsom. But a guy I really like, um, Eric Stokes. Um, he's kind of going to be in the second to third round range. I think he's better than Greg Newsom. He's he's my corner four. And um you know, he's he's not for everybody, but um, I think that's why he can make it to us. And I think he could um, when it's all said and done, he could be better than the fourth corner in this class. And so um, he'd be a guy that I would be um, very excited about um, and who when I'm running mock drafts for the Panthers, I end up with taking Stokes a lot. So um, he's a guy I like. And then I was going to give you one more name. Um, for uh, you know, one more name, uh, Ambry Thomas, corner from Michigan. I think he can do it all. I'm a little bit um, underrated, a little bit slept on because he didn't play this season because of COVID. And um, you know, he tested really well at their pro day, which we got to take those with a grain of salt. But uh, still tested really well, and I think he could be a guy that could come and contribute early on. Yeah, I've heard I heard the Eric Stokes names get get thrown around. I mean, you, I think you you were the person that brought it up to us maybe a few months ago. And I mean, I, I, I've seen that name as far as being, being a high value pick that would, that would, that would slip out of the first round, possibly a second or third round pick. Yeah. And if for Carolina at, at that spot, I would say, I mean, it, it probably, it's the, it's the best you probably could do. And probably, uh, and like you said, probably could possibly give you better value than some of the other guys running ahead of them. Mm -hmm. No, I definitely, yeah, agree. We'll get into the draft, I'm sure, um, and, you know, maybe this episode in the coming weeks for sure as it's coming in hot. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they still went corner at eight. I wouldn't really love it because I really don't want to watch week one with Greg Little at left tackle. And um, so um, another guy I wanted to bring up is, you know, we're talking about uh, Troy Pride, the pick, uh, fourth round pick from last year. He's he's kind of due for, bound for some playing time this year uh, to really show his show his stuff at some point. And um, the nice thing about Troy Pride is he can play inside or outside. So I think we can um, survive taking a nickel guy. And I think there's more guys that can play in the nickel this year than true outside corners. So a couple, couple more names to throw out: Asante Samuel Jr., uh, Elijah Molden. Um, those are some guys that you know I would along with Stokes and Ambry Thomas, I would uh, like, like that a lot. Now, what is your thoughts on, and because we have to bring it up and I got it and I don't know where he's, I mean, I've prepared him bumping around, you know, first round, second round, Shy Smith. What plays could we make to get him? I would love to have Shy. I really like Shy. Um, the, 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 the thing about the David Moore um, signing is we have so many needs that um, his 
signing makes it so we don't have to sign a receiver. And that can, that's true about a lot of our signings. Cause you don't want to, you never want to go into the draft thinking, Oh, we have to draft this. And that's, that's when you start reaching, that's when you start drafting busts. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, there's so many receivers that some of them are going to fall. And I think, you know, shy has a great, um, a, he has a, a lot of different traits that you wouldn't think are in somebody for his frame. He's not just a rack, uh, run after catch, kick return guy. Um, he has great hands. He has a good catch radius, and uh, he can do a lot downfield for you too. And uh, not to mention, he's you know great after the catch. And I think he'd be uh, you know a great slot. He that he could, you know add competition to our receiving group and compete for that third spot with uh, David Moore. So um, he's definitely a guy that's on my radar. I'm not uh, and um, you know you guys would be excited and. Um, I think that'd be a great fit for offense. And then, of course, what about, you know, one of the kind of the rising names is that uh, is J.C. Horn. Yeah. What, I mean, yeah. is there a play? Is there trading up into late first round from the second round pick? Do you think he stays in the first round? Do you think he goes in the second? I think J.C. Horn is the best corner in the draft. Um, and we sh- if we're taking corner and we're sold on taking corner, we should take him over Sertan at eight. I don't think we sh- – I don't want him to be taken at eight because there's going to be- we're going to be passing on elite talent at eight because there's going to be – when we think about it, we're picking at eight overall. And there's going to be – the first three picks are going to be quarterback. And we're pretty sure we're not drafting a quarterback. So there's going to be a couple guys that are- move down the board to us because of that. And um, I think, you know, we can talk about it some more, but Sewell, Pitts, Slater are going to be there, at least one of them. And so passing on one of them would be tough. But if we are set on going corner, we should take J.C. Horn over Sertan. Which, and I think the problem with that, though, is, and, you, and we can see it in last year's, you know, hey, there's a little bit of a, of, a, of a fear factor there is that, you know, obviously with the eighth pick last year, the Lions picked Jeff Okuda. You can say what you want about that, but I don't think it panned out the way they thought it was going to in terms of what the talent that was left there. So I think that might be, you know, something kind of pushing people back. Of course, also, I haven't seen, I haven't checked the last ones. Israel Mukumamu is also, <laughs> don't, I butchered his name. I butchered his no, name. It's just it's the things I heard about his pro day were not, were not very glowing. Oh, really? They were pretty bad. Oh. It, it was pretty. Uh, I, I just opened my AirPod. Don't, don't pay that on my. Pay that on my. But no, the things I heard about his product were pretty. Yeah. Well, then never mind. And the only so the only name that and we'll, we'll get off the Gamecock talk. We'll get off the Gamecock talks here. But of course, this was the thing that I it was kind of went on a little unnoticed. And I'm not entirely sure how actually legitimate it is. But Shanti, if you remember JT Ebe or eBay, whatever yeah. his name was, Panther signed him. Yeah. So what do you, I mean, what, what do you think the thought process is there? And what do you, what did you like from the little times that we saw him, you know, as, as game cocks? I mean, he's physical. It's about all I could really say. <laughs> it's, about, it's about all I really could say. Cause I mean, every time, at least with that game cock secondary, I really have nothing nice to say outside of Daisy Horn. It's just, I mean, he was there. I mean, he, 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 he I can say he, he, he's a special teams guy. That's, 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 yeah. what, that's what he is. I mean, let's just be honest. He's special teams guy. I mean, he's a thumper. So, I mean, great for kickoff. Go ahead. Let me just run out there and hit somebody. And we can talk about the draft all day long when we come up in the next couple Let weeks. Let me throw in two things. Let me throw in two okay. things. All right. Yeah, definitely. So, I think that if at eight, if you don't go quarterback and Sam Dollar's your guy, you go offensive line or you go Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts on this offense would be insane. Good. I'm going to just tell you that right now. But you go offensive line or Kyle Pitts, you, you got to. J.C. Horn would love to have him. I agree with Tyler. I think he's the top defensive back in the draft, and there's no question about it. If you could draft, if you could trade up into the into the first round, have at it. 
Um, but that's just my two cents. I know we'll get into it more later. But after all the defense last year, you got to go that O-line or get comp. If Pitts is available, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, if he's not, I think an offensive lineman. I'm not as up on as Tyler's, but that's my two cents on that. Well, that's why I was confused a little bit about Dan Arnold in terms of what we think he's – what role he's going to play here. Um, and that's why I really – I mean, he's huge. The guy is ginormous for a tight end. And athletic. And, and he's athletic. He's athletic. He's athletic. He seems like – if I'm looking at it and I'm looking at just terms of, you know, his, 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 his physical, you know, his physical attributes, I'm seeing a little bit of kind of that Greg Olson esque kind of stature and what you would look from him. He's obviously bigger than Greg was, if I'm not mistaken, but, or Greg is Greg's not dead, <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I'm thinking, but I'm not sure if he's just going to be like a blocking tight end. I'm still horribly concerned as to what Brady's, you know, thought process is on tight ends. Obviously I would hope with Pitts he would know not to just keep him in blocking and he would know to let the kid loose, mm-hmm. but I mean, I, I was still always a big proponent of uh, of Ian Thomas. I thought, you know, he had some physical ability and had some playmaking ability. But, you know, yeah, and, that's not, and yeah, I know. But, I mean, either way, I think I think Jeff's right, and especially with the way that we've been going in the free agency. And like I said, with a lot of these, you know, signings we made, I think it's, it's framing it up to go heavy on offense. And I wouldn't be surprised if you saw another, you know, however many picks all for the offense this draft. Look, man, bank on the Bengals – Fumbling this draft because I, if, if they go Jamar, I'll be so happy. They, they, They're gonna Jamar take Chase. Chase if they take Chase. I mean, good lord. I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, it's fine. It's perfect. I'm perfectly okay with you taking Chase. Just just know that Joe Burrow's other ACL is gone. We'll have our offensive lineman that we need, and, and and the world will be and the world will be fine. It'll be normal. It's a normal, a normal year for the Bengals to go four and 12, and and we'll be back being a wild card team. Now, only the thing of pretty much of note, and it's because it created a little bit of, you know, the Panthers love Panthers fan base loves to talk about everything and anything and argue about anything and everything. But with the rules now about the changing of the of the, the loosening of the number restrictions for what players, you know, what numbers players can wear, skill positions get to wear singles, and you get to have a lot more, you know, just kind of a lot more creativity. McCaffrey posted just like a little, you know, what what if about going back to his college years and wearing five for the Panthers? What are y'all's thought process on that? I mean. I- I don't know. I, I'm not really. I'm not really fond of it, bro. I, 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 it sounds bad. It sounds cool in theory. Yeah, I'm in middle school. I would have loved this, but yeah. now I'm like, I don't. I don't so know. here's just with all that with the numbers. It's an NFL deal where they would just make a boatload of money on new jerseys. I mean, I'd have to go buy a new Derek because he'd wear two. Um, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Let me just talk Titans for a second. Derek Henry came out and said, "I don't want that. Give me the the do the helmets, so we can go back and wear the Oilers." Oh, please, please. So, so th- I think it's a bigger deal for them to go back to the ha- – have as many helmets as you want. Forget the jerseys. Um, although, you know, I, like I said, I have to go buy a new Derrick Henry. <laughs> um, A.J. Brown wants to wear number one. But I'd much rather see the Titans throw back to the Oilers for at least a, a game or two because that would be insane. Yeah, I'd love to. I, I think the NFL is incredibly fumbling the bag when it comes to – and Tyler, I'll get to your opinion. It's like I, when it comes to – jerseys and i think like at least creativity like they tried with the color rush and i think that sparked a lot a lot of people like that but if you look at what the nba does with the city jerseys and how much it touches on the history of the of the cities they're in and the history of the team i mean you look like the miami vice uniforms brooklyn with what they had for the nets or even the hornets with their mint jerseys i mean people are buying them from all over them they're going you can't find them anywhere now the lakers plan to throw back jersey every other game now 
Yeah, and 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 they've been doing different ones every year and making it so people have to buy new ones every year if they want to because they, I mean, and so they're blowing the NFL away in in, in jerseys and in, in the way they do that. And so I love it. I mean, I could care. I mean, because no one's gonna wear one for the Panthers. DJ, I mean, he ain't, he ain't gonna be able to do that. Like I I don't Hell. know. I don't know what would happen if DJ tried to wear number one. And that's the only one I can think of. I mean, like if maybe Dante wanted to wear one. Did he, didn't he wear a seven, if I'm not mistaken, at LSU? Who? Not, not, not. Uh, I just one. one. Oh, he wore one. And then my, see, he couldn't do that either. Yeah, so there's literally like, there's literally no one. I, I mean, if I can't bring Do you honestly think Panther fans would go crazy if somebody else wore one? 100%. 100%. There's enough of the fan base that would. Like, like, that, like, I know the people <laughs> are talking about. That side wouldn't give a shit. But the fact that I, the fact I, I see they would be living. I mean, it'd be like if someone, I mean, it would like, and so I saw something today because a lot of Panthers fans are talking about, and it's been a big thing, you know, retiring some of these jerseys and retiring the numbers. When you look at, I mean, in in, in reality, though, that's a pretty ri- ridiculous thing for them to request. We've been a team for so, such a short time. I think the Steelers have two jerseys they've retired. I think the Packers have like five or six. Cowboys, they have zero, but like a couple of them are just are out of circulation. So, I mean, if you were to – like we would have – if we were to retire all the numbers that the fans want, we would have the most – we would have more retired jerseys yeah, than most lot. of the NFL combined. Like I don't even know, Jeff, if any of the Titans have any of their numbers retired. I don't even know if McNair has his jersey retired. Um, McNair and um, okay. uh, Eddie George. So, yeah, I mean, like there's no – like we would – it would be ridiculous. But if someone tried to wear these jerseys – there would still be how to pay. Yeah. It just, with us, I, I, I won't retire any number because we haven't won a Super Bowl yet. So yeah. as much as I love all of these guys, we still have the zero hardware to show for your time being. It's not for like NFC Championship games and the MVP. And it can't be a winning MVP, but even still, I'm like, I, I still can't, I, I still can't, I can't say you, that number has to be completely out of the rotation. I will say this. If you take that number, whatever number it is, whether it be 89, 59, 90, if you can't play, we on your ass. I want you to know. <laughs> like you like you gotta you gotta play to that number. You roll in with that I agree. And you're coming at the defensive, like you gotta you you gotta become, you know, you, you gotta get like you gotta be the come all time sack leader. Like you gotta lead the league in sacks that year. If you come in at 59, you better damn get at least 10 to 12 picks that that season alone. Like, the, one thing I will say, the one person I would like maybe to see, I mean, I've grown to like 53 and I think it works kind of well for him, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind seeing Burns go 99. I think that would be kind of dope. That ain't not sleek. I like it. I it, like it is. And, and, and it was nice to have it with KK. We hadn't had 99 in a while, at least of prevalence. I wouldn't, I mean, 53 is not weird. Like, it makes me want to still have 52. And that was like, I mean, there were even some fans this year that were upset with Tahir Whitehead. Like, you're going to wear 52, you're going to wear, and that's John Beeson's number. That's the only person that yeah. ever, like. We got some of the weirdest, like, 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 stand bases within our franchise. Like, John, like, I love John Beeson too. I really do, but I'm not holding, I'm not holding back that jersey for John Beeson. Right? That was one of my first jerseys out of Peppers, and then I had a John Beeson. And a Steve Smith, of course. But like I'm saying, I mean, that's, that's how insane this fan base is. So, no, I think there would definitely be. Some 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 outspoken people that were, would be pissed if anyone if DJ tried to wear one. I mean, the only one that might be able to get away with if McCaffrey wanted to wear one, I would go for that. I would I would I would really enjoy that. 
But yeah. I mean, either one, like I said, the only one that I would really, really like is 99. That's how we haven't, we haven't let you talk in a minute. What's your thoughts on it? <laughs> yeah. Um, my only thing I want D lineman to wear single digits. I mean, you guys coming from South Carolina, that's the, that's where they all are. The, like, Javon Kinlaw wearing three, Jadavion Clowney wearing seven. I think that's the coolest thing to see in a big nose tackle wearing a single digit. So that, that's what I, the only thing I really care about with this. I want to see uh, Derek Brown back in five or, you know, something like that. Yeah, that's intimidating as hell. Seeing a seeing a six six three hundred pound defensive lineman that runs a four or five wear number three. Yeah, yeah. It's how big it's because how big the single number is on the jersey. Like it's not just confined to the side; it's just there. <laughs> Listen, I wore number three. Kickers wear number three. <laughs> get, man, look. I wore number three. Bench players wear number three. What do you like? That's the same argument. Man, get, right, what are, we we get kick at the college numbers. Y'all, y'all can watch ninety nine or something. I, I think it should be the reverse where kickers can start wearing like I want uh, like a Rodrigo Blankenship. I want a kicker wearing 97. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Or I zero. Think be hilarious. Or zero. Or zero. zero. Yeah. That's what I want. That is a huge I, I wish like if we were gonna go this way and you're gonna have the flexibility, bring in zero and double zero. I think that would look so cool to see some of these players as you could like a, a defensive yeah. lineman wearing zero yeah. or like yes, yes, yes. Like, I mean that that be or like a linebacker wearing double zeros, I think that would be tough. I think that'll be really yeah, I like that. And of course you gotta you gotta play too. If you're gonna wear it, you gotta play well. And so yeah. that's the biggest thing about it. And so guys, like I said, you know, we had a lot, we had a good amount to talk about because I mean we were gone for a little bit, but we're gonna be back bringing you the normal content like we've been doing. So keep following looking up on our Instagram, P1N underscore network on Instagram and Twitter. We're gonna be keep putting stuff out. We've got some big things in the work coming for you with Panthers Nation. Um, we wanna thank everyone for the support they brought out. Um, when Panthers Nation, you know, when our uh, when our creator and when our guy, you know, he was going through some stuff, people sent him a lot of support when he thought about, you know, kind of stepping away from the page. And we we appreciate that as well because we take, you know, we we were showing the support to him too. We were on, you know, on him trying to make sure he knew, and then he just got flooded, and that just means a lot because that's one of the good, coolest things this fan base does. And you know, I know every fan base says that, but I believe it for us. Only the thing, you know, that I want to talk about, obviously, it was the biggest sports thing going on today. And it still is worth to mention because it was a pretty huge story for the day. And that is the Masters Tournament. Jeff, resident golf guy, you want to talk about the impact of today? He's got it right there. You know, to see the first, uh, you know, uh, player from uh, Japan to win, um, you know, it's, it's a pretty big deal. Um, it, it was a great story. Um, a young kid, too. And, and as big as golf has become um, on that side of the pond in Japan and stuff, um, it, good for him. Um, he, he played solid from the get-go. I watched uh, almost all of it and um, didn't waver. And um, the more characters we get in, in the golf world, um, the better off. Um, you know, much prayer still to Tiger and his recovery. Um, but but to have um, that happen and that kid play the way he did, um, good for him. It, it was it was cool to watch. And like I said, he never wavered. He went out and played golf and, um, and uh, did what he had to do. And it's the Masters. It's as Jim Nance says, a traditional like no other, and um, it, it was it was it was cool to uh, cool to see. It was great to see fans there. Um, they they had a pretty good crowd, and it, no better place to watch a, a golf tournament than Augusta, probably. And of course, just for for everything that's been going on in the last you know in the last month or so, for Hideki to win that and be the first you know man from Japan to win it, I mean just the, everything that the Asian American community has gone through in the last month. I mean, yeah. that just means I think the world, and I think that's the coolest thing that he was able to, you know, he had the whole kind of population on his back. And so that's another thing we wanted to mention is that we, our thoughts and prayers are with the entire Asian American community because they've gone through a whole lot in the Absolutely. last few months, in the last year, honestly, since the pandemic started and they don't deserve any of it. 
And we just wanted to send out our thoughts and prayers and our welcoming to them. Um, yes. And so, yeah, guys, other than that, like I said, we're going to be keep, we're back for the uh, for the second season. We thank everyone who listened to the first season. It means the world to us as well. We're going to try to come back bigger and better for the rest of the season for however long as we can keep kicking. And hopefully we got a lot to talk about coming up. So until next time, guys, keep pounding.